Ah, the Axeman cometh. And you would have thought the Axeman would have been put away, either into a uh, psychiatric facility or jail. Well, guess what? The Axeman is back on out and ready to do it all over again, courtesy of Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who cuts them all loose and only houses on Rikers Island people who fight back, like Jose Alba. Remember? In the... uh, Right there in that bodega in Washington Heights. Remember, he had $250,000 over his head for fighting back against that guy who came over the counter. He had to stab him over and over and over. And if not for the general public outrage, he'd still be rotting there. By the way, Jose Alba fled. He's now in the DR while everyone from the DR is trying to come into the United States through the Texas border. But I digress. Let's go back to the Axeman. Delancey Street. Friday night into Saturday morning. I was on the air at 2.35. The place is packed with hipsters and millennials. Even Rich, our board operator here at WABC, he says, oh, that's my favorite McDonald's. Why? Because you fill up on Mickey D's before with the French fries before you get drunk. And you go over there and you have a cup of coffee after you get drunk. So the hipsters and millennials are like, that's like a beehive of activity. So all of a sudden, this guy comes in, the Axeman. Nobody knows he's the Axeman, and he's hitting on these young ladies who just happen to be with their boy toy friends. They don't want anything to do with the guy. They say he's drunk. Then all of a sudden, the three boy toy friends jump in, black, Hispanic, Asian. Oh, man, it's like a, a U.N. delegation. And they start rabbit punching the guy in the back of his head, and he's got his elbows down on a counter, and they like, they just tired themselves out. They did no damage to the Axeman. So they, they figured out he was going to give up, right? No, no, no. He just very gingerly walked over to his backpack, and he pulls out a sharpened hatchet, and he goes berserk. It's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, Jack Nicholson. And he's like smashing glass, smashing the tables, smashing, threatening people. And then the, the guys who were taking him on, who rabbit punched him, they're up against the wall, and their lady friends are protecting them because they're just little mama Luke's. And then he comes at one of the young ladies who all of a sudden is sitting right on one of the seats, her back to the wall. He pushes her. He threatens her. He menaces him. In the meantime, there's a whole crowd behind him. They're not terrified because they're just going live. That's right. It's like live at five. So then after he's menaced all of Mickey D's, no security guard, no NYPD, he walks over and he takes a yellow bike. I doubt it was his bike. Maybe it was. And he's Pee Wee Herman. He pedals off. Within three hours, the cops catch him. They hit him with all kinds of charges. But you know it's Manhattan. Alvin Bragg, friend of all criminals, friend of all Jack Nicholson's. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. And they cut him loose. No bail. And then he does an interview with the New York Post. And he says, yo, look at me, man. I had over 100 hits on my Instagram. Yo, I'm infamous. I'm famous. Bring it all on. Because the Axeman may be coming to a neighborhood near you. And there's nothing they can do. Because they can't touch this. (laughs) Oh, the ongoing... Mama drama involving Prince Harry and, of course, Meghan Markle. Every day, every hour, every minute, there's more drama. 
as the queen finally, his grandma, was laid to rest. After 11 days of sitting shiva, and by the way, Jews only sit eight days, and if somebody brought the hamantash into the queen's family, the monarchy, they would say, commoners, we don't need hamantash. So first, let's go back to 2020. 2020, officially, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in Los Angeles say, oofa to the royal, we quit. We resign. Yet they were getting $7 million a year for maintenance, for maintenance, to live an ostentatious lifestyle. But they cut all ties. This reminds me of George Costanza. Remember that famous Seinfeld episode where George quits the job on Friday in a huff and a puff, thinks about it over the weekend, and then just shows up on Monday as if nothing ever happened. And everybody said, what are you doing here? You quit. And it's almost like he wanted it. Harry's worse. He's a real crybaby. So now all of a sudden, uh, his father, uh, remember, he's the product of not uh, Camellia, the queen consort, queen conscript, queen concubine, whatever they call Camellia. Here's the product of uh, Princess Diana and his father, the prince born to be king, King Charles III with the sausage fingers, who looks like Alfred E. Newman, What Me Worry, and Mad Magazine with a fly rotating around his head. But all of a sudden, the king said to his son, Harry, you cannot wear your military uniform because you quit the royalty. Oh, first, first indiscretion. Number two, when he was permitted to wear his military uniform at one of the stages of the endless wake and funeral, they tore his patch that was in tribute to his grandmama right off of his, his shoulder. He was upset at that. And now they said even more outrage when everybody in the Church of England, the Episcopalians, the wannabe Catholics, was singing, God save the Queen. He would not sing. And when there was a chorus of God save the new king, he would not even lip sync that. Oh, the treachery continues. Oh, don't you just feel Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's pain? No. A bunch of spoiled brats. I mean, this is endless. And now, okay, we had to be assaulted with the nonstop video, 24-7-365, and be told of this baby mama drama involving Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Now, remember, you know what's up next, the coronation. This mishigash continues with the coronation of Alfred E. Newman, What Me Worry, and Mad Magazine, better known as the Prince Born to be King, King Charles III with the sausage fingers. And watch, there'll be more moaning and groaning. And yet they continue to give this deadbeat, Harry and Meghan Markle, $7 million a year for maintenance. And they have the gold to complain. But then again... That's the royal family. They have absolutely no con consequence on anybody other than themselves. I am so happy. The 11 days of mourning, the shiva is finally over. Now on to more nonsense, the coronation. Hey, tough nookies, Prince Harry and Marvin May, or whatever your name is, Meghan Markle. Come back to America and spend the $7 million they give you each year as pocket change. Ah, once again, it's the march, not of the wooden soldiers, that we always see that, that classic during Christmas.
involving uh, Laurel and Hardy, fat and skinny. No, no, no. This is the march, the annual march of the dictators, despots, and tyrants from around the world right into the Big Apple, which is now the Rotten Apple, as they will dominate everything for the next 12 days. There will be gridlock throughout Manhattan because they have to be squired around from place to place. They have to be squired around from their gin mills, from their restaurants, from their nightclubs, where they'll be out there raising the roof with the uh, mayor, the, what he calls the nightlife mayor who likes to sample the product. Eric Adams, the swagger man who has no plans. And then obviously the houses of prostitution. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be operating 24-7-365 at taxpayers' expense. That's right. We got to pay for all this, all this decadence and debauchery for enemies of America. A lot of these people who hate America, but they love to come over and take advantage of America, especially when they're here annually. Now, if we want to continue to be the epicenter of the world by hosting the United Nations, why keep it on the east side, near 42nd Street? First of all, the building is falling apart. And we're not going to spend any money to rehab that building. We have Governor's Island. Oh, Governor's Island used to be the house of the Coast Guard until we chased them away, like we chased the Navy away from Stapleton and South uh, in uh, uh, Staten Island. You know what we could do? We could build up a series of hotels on Governor's Island, put a casino out there, Maybe put a house of prostitution because they come from countries where prostitution is either legal, quasi-legal, or they look the other way. And this way, when the delegates fly in at JFK, all you got to do is helicopter them right into Governor's Island. It's got a helipad there. And they just stay on the island. They have everything they want there. They can shop there. They can have their, their gumadas there, whatever they want, for 12 straight days. They just got to promise, you're not coming to Manhattan. You're the only way there is by ferry. You could basically eliminate their ability to sneak off the island. It's sort of like, uh, remember when Tattoo would be there? Hey, it's a plane. It's a plane. It could be their fantasy island. This way... Dysfunctional life continues in Manhattan and the other four boroughs because we are experiencing a continued crime increase, more homeless, more emotionally uh, disturbed, more craziness. So let us deal with all the bad things that we have to deal with. And we don't need to add insult to injury by having these despots, dictators, and tyrants tie up our life. By the way, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, decided he was going to meet with the president of Rwanda. Remember Rwanda, Burundi, there was like tens of thousands slaughtered with machetes, almost close to a million people on both sides. And that was the time of Bill Clinton and the French president, Mitterrand. They did nothing. So the president of Rwanda, he says he's meeting with him because there are trade possibilities between Rwanda and New York City. What the hell are you talking about? Here's a guy who has fake elections where he wins 99% of the elections in Rwanda. Maybe that's what Eric Adams wants. And he goes out and he eliminates all of his political enemies, even if they leave the country. He sends out hit teams, just like the Saudis. So why the hell, swagger man with no plan, are you meeting with the president of Rwanda? All it is is a waste of time, and it's an insult. Meantime, he met with him in City Hall, and what did the mayor and the city council do last year? 
They removed the statue of Thomas Jefferson, the father of our democracy, the guy who created the Declaration of Independence. But he's meeting with the butcher, the dictator, the tyrant of Rwanda. We got to end this madness, this chaos, and this mishikash. Oh, my God. Whether that happens to be JC, Hashem, Allah, Buddha, whoever, you want to hug a tree, kiss a Barney stone, kiss a frog, whatever your religion is. Wicca, Wiccas, witches. Did you see that interview of the president of the United States, Joe Biden, on 60 Minutes? Now he says... Well, maybe I'll run for another term. Maybe I won't run to be continued. And I'm saying to myself, hey, Joe, we know you can't run again. You'll be lucky if there isn't a funeral entourage with your casket in about a year. And trust me, you're not going to have 11 days of Americans sitting shiver for you like Queen Elizabeth II did. But as he was getting off of Air Force One with Dr. Jill Biden, what doctor, doctor this? To be there for this long adulation of the royalty in England, which will include eventually the coronation of the prince born to be king with the sausage fingers, King Charles III. There was our president looking like he was lost, looking like he was disconnected. As he looked at times on the interview with 60 Minutes, and then he was asked about Hunter Biden and all the craziness of his own son, and the possible deals that Hunter Biden had that benefited his brothers and maybe indirectly the president himself in the Ukraine and Red China. And he said, oh, that's of no significance, as if just wiping it away. Man, if ever before you didn't think that the president had a problem connecting the dots, this 60 Minutes interview proved all of that. But the one good thing for the Democrats who were watching, and there were a number of them, Giggles, <laughs> Vice President Harris, who thinks that she is next in line to be president. Well, technically she is. But she's going to want to run in the Democratic primary for what is clearly going to be a vacant seat. Pretty boy Gus Newsom, who is like from Central Casting, as governor of California, a Democrat, he thinks he's entitled to become president, even though he has single-handedly destroyed California. And then let's face it, there's Boudicier, 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 who is on perpetual paternity leave for his twins. And as uh, head of the uh, United States Department of uh, Transportation, he has been a disaster. And think of how many other Democrats are waiting in the wings thinking that they'll have an opportunity to replace Missing in action, Joe Biden, including the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, over my dead body. So if you haven't seen the 60 Minutes interview, you got to watch it. Because if you had any doubts about the president of the United States, listen to the interview and you will see how truly disconnected he is. And although he didn't say he was running for a second term, and although he didn't flash the red light saying, no, four years and I'm out, he flashed the yellow light that said, to be continued, we'll see. Which, to all of the Democrat pretenders to want to replace him, man, green light, let's start fundraising, let's start visiting Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, let's get on the trail to become the next president with almost three years yet to go. 
Oh, the craziness in our country continues. On one side, you have Biden. On the other side, you have Trump. Enough of these old codgers. Get the, get the old out and bring in the new. Whether it's DeSantis, whether it's pretty boy Gus Newsom, whoever it may be, as they beat one and up one another up in their primary process. If anything, this tells us, out with the old Trump, Biden, in with the new. That might be DeSantis, and it might be pretty boy Gus Newsom.